You're listening to Coast to Coast Latino. ¿Cómo te llamas, baby? Desde que te vi supe que eras mí. Dile a tus amigas que andamos Nothing better than getting your day going with some Daddy Yankee. Yeah, he is uh, one heck of a performer. His uh, music videos are just incredibly visual. And uh, you can find his music on iTunes. You can watch his videos on YouTube. Daddy Yankee. Grammy Award winner, excellent performer. Thank you for joining me this Wednesday. My name is Adrian Perez. I am your host for Coast to Coast Latino. This is the Wednesday edition. We are brought to you by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the arts and enhancing the community. And by the way, they've been doing incredible work giving away food, boxes and boxes of food, artwork, uh, uh, art supplies, etc. for kids, doing a lot of things during this uh, COVID pandemic. We're also brought to you by U-Haul for your storage and moving needs. Be sure to contact U-Haul. And by the way, if you go to their website, U-Haul website, uh, check out their jobs because you know what they're doing. They're hiring a lot of people. Uh, whether it's part-time, full-time, the thing is those are pretty decent jobs and they pay pretty good. We're also brought to you by OIC Tax Services. OIC are experts in handling issues regarding the IRS. So if you have problems with the IRS, go to OIC.com and talk to the experts on how to deal with your tax problems. All right, that's the, end of the, that's the end of the it segment. We're, mo we're moving on. It didn't take them. Well, Vice President, a, it's, no. Can I be honest? It's a very important question. No, I he stood up. No, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. No, I, sir. With a billion sir, dollars, if you don't get rid of the You know what? You're not doing it. You're going to have it. Gentlemen. I hate to raise my voice, but it seems to be, why shouldn't I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But we, I think that the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting well, than you right, have. But he does plenty. Well, less than, <laughs> sir, less than plenty. No, he less does. than you have. Wow. And that was supposed to be a presidential debate? For those of us that took debate classes, uh, whether you took it in high school or whether you took it in college, the thing is, is that this was not a debate. This was a, a show of who has a bigger stick than the other. It had nothing to do with the president. It had nothing to do with the country. And it had especially nothing to do with all the people that are currently suffering because of the pandemic. And all you need to do is go back and watch the entire uh, 
debate all over again. And I don't want to call it a debate because it wasn't a debate. It was it was too argumentative without facts. There were I mean, I felt bad for Chris Wallace because Chris Wallace lost control of of the discussion that was taking place. And as you just heard, uh, he even admonished uh, the president for continuously interrupting. And the guy did it all the way through. I mean, if you were to compare both candidates on the types of vehicle that they drive last night, Donald Trump was driving a bulldozer. And Joe Biden was driving uh, a perhaps a very economical Mercedes. It was class versus classless. It was focused versus unfocused. And I mean, the topics were critical because we need to know where our country is going. Where are we going to be in four years? Where are we going to be in eight years? It's critical that we fully understand that. And because of the type of, of, of argumentative and continuous interruptions from the president, it was hard to understand what the Democrats are actually going to be presenting. Although, I have to admit, Joe Biden got, got a few things in. The, probably the most significant things that he was able to uh, bring out was uh, that he would definitely have taken care of COVID first. And the Democratic Party wants to take care of COVID-19 first. Because, as Joe Biden says, unless you control the pandemic, we're going to have a lot of problems uh, fixing the economy. And Donald Trump, of course, kept talking about the economy. And let me tell you, a lot of us used to believe that Donald Trump uh, probably knows a lot about the economy. He knows how to do things. He knows how to fix things. And uh, after the New York Times reported uh, his tax filings, uh, you know, we we have questions. We have questions on whether or not he even understands how business works. Now, some people argue saying, yeah, he does, because look at how he used the laws to be able to avoid having to pay taxes. Well, that's just cleverness. That doesn't mean you know how to run a business. According to the report that the New York Times put out, Basically, it says that Donald Trump is broke and that everything he has touched has fallen apart into dust. He is broke right now. He owes a lot of money, some 400 and some odd million dollars. And here's the other thing that that came out that's very significant. The guy is not a billionaire, as he claims. He is not a billionaire. The guy owes so much money, whether it's to the IRS or to banks, sharks, who knows where he got money from. The thing is, is that he does not have the money that he claims. He is not the successful businessman that he claims. And I can tell you for the last 
three and a half years of watching him try to be president of the United States, he is definitely not presidential material. The debate last night proved that. Again, he kept interrupting, arguing, bringing things up that made no sense at all. That that doesn't impact my wallet. That doesn't impact the ability of me being able to pay my rent, of, of me being able to put food on my plate, of me being able to pay for my child's education. And more importantly, how can I stay safe during this pandemic? These are things that I think the presidents, both both candidates, should have been talking about at, at, at length last night. And I know Joe Biden tried to do it. Donald Trump kept interrupting. As a result, we had a mishmash of no information. And uh, there were a few bright spots, believe it or not, uh, enough to be able to deter uh, some independent individuals, voters, who uh, were brought to the studio. Uh, these are folks who hadn't made up their mind, and they asked them at the end of at the end of uh, the uh, the debate, "Did this change your mind?" Three out of five people who were who watched the debate said. As a result of what they saw and heard, they felt that Joe Biden was going to be their candidate. The other two were still independent. They still didn't. They still hadn't made up their mind. Okay. In other words, we don't believe Donald Trump made a dent on individuals who haven't made up their mind. Okay. Uh, on the uh, CNN poll, CNN poll showed that 60% of the people that watched the debate last night uh, felt that uh, Joe Biden did a better job than Donald Trump. 60%. Uh, a CBS poll showed that Joe Biden won the debate last night by 48% to 40%. The rest remain neutral. That's a lot of people that still are remaining neutral. But here's the shocker, okay? Get ready for this. Telemundo's poll showed that 66% of Latinos felt that Donald Trump won the debate. 66% of the Latinos that watched the debate felt that Donald Trump won. Uh, it's kind of a shocking number when you think about it, especially when you just assess what Donald Trump said last night. You know, Chris Wallace asked him, would you denounce white supremacy? And instead of saying, yes, I denounce it, Donald Trump said, uh, stand back and stand by. Well, what does that mean? Who's he talking to? He wasn't talking to me, but then again, I'm not a white supremacist. He was talking to his white supremacist base. Okay? And and if and if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to understand one basic thing. 
The majority of Americans firmly believe that the United States is an opportunity for everybody of every color, every race, every ethnicity, and that doesn't that doesn't matter. What does matter is the success of this country, the growth of this country, and the potential this country has on the face of this earth. And yet, Donald Trump is talking to a very small base. He was talking to his white supremacy and told him to stand back and stand by. That's kind of scary, especially considering the fact that he has made it very clear that he's not going to leave the presidency, even if he loses. He's not going to leave the presidency without a fight. Is there going to be a revolution? Should the rest of the country prepare for a potential revolution? I think this is a very, very critical juncture that we are facing in the history of the United States of America. I mean, if you listen to every part of the interruptions, because the, it was hard to tell who was saying what uh, during the debate. But if you listen to a very small part of the of the uh, interruptions, when uh, when uh, Joe Biden was asked about uh, the uh, Supreme Court and whether uh, the nominee, Amy Coney uh, Barrett, should be confirmed, uh, Biden was mentioning that he had beat Bernie Sanders in the primary, and Donald Trump interrupted and said, listen to this, if Pocahontas would have left two days early, you would have lost every primary on Super Tuesday. He was referring to, of course, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and he's been using that racial slur, and it is a racial slur, openly. For how long? And we accept that. We've been accepting that. No, there's no, there's, there hasn't been a an uproar about the president of the United States using racial slurs. There hasn't been an uproar about the president of the United States continuously condemning Chinese people calling COVID-19 the China virus. You know, we are either becoming very calloused or the other is we've heard it so many times that we say, oh, it's just him. But that's part of being calloused. We cannot allow these things to happen. We cannot not allow for the president of the United States to minimize individuals, to minimize, minimize races. And of course, all of us know that that uh, when he talks about Pocahontas, he is talking about the Native Americans, the people who we took this land from. And again, these are the things that we need to look at. The character of an individual his ability or her ability to be able to perform under a lot of pressure. Being president of the United States makes each individual older. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that, but every single individual who's gone in to become president of the United States, when they leave office, they leave older because of the amount of pressure that they're under 
whether it's taking care of an issue in the Middle East or taking care of an issue in middle America. There are always things that need to be taken care of. President Donald Trump has spent so much time uh, golfing that most of us wonder whether he even cares what's going on in the world, whether or not he even cares what's really happening in the United States. Before you vote, and by the way, some people are already able to vote. Before you vote, take a look at the very basic things that that each of these individuals bring to the table. Vote based on logic, based on strong reasoning. Don't vote on emotion. And I know that a lot of Republicans who support Donald Trump are supporting the Donald Trump on emotion because they're Republican, he's Republican, therefore it should be a Republican. Look, I know Republicans. I've been involved in politics for 40 years, and you're going to tell me that I don't know the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? I know Republicans, and I can safely tell you, Donald Trump is not a Republican. Donald Trump is a Trump. And the, those that, that, that support him are Trumpers. They're not Republican. They're enablers. They've been allowing this guy to ruin this country. It He has not made it great again. He has made it a lot worse. In polls taken across the world, as recently as last week, people throughout the world think a lot less of us. They're making fun of us. That's not being great. Great is when they have fear that they may anger the United States. Right now, every country and their mother is has no fear of us because we've become weak. We've become weaker. We've become poorer. And we become the laughingstock of the world under Donald Trump. Okay, for Latinos, yeah, he's done a couple of good things. But doing a couple of good things doesn't mean that you're the best. And at, at present, and, and based on the, dem- the, the demonstrated inability of you to be presidential during a debate last night tells me you're not the right guy for this job. We need somebody else. We need somebody who fully understands the dynamic of public policy, somebody who understands the dynamic of managing, successful management, and thirdly and more importantly, someone who's able to pay his own taxes. Donald Trump has never been able to pay his own taxes. 750 bucks in 2017, that's all he paid. Individuals on Social Security paid just as much, if not more. And understand, he changed the tax code when he became president of the United States. He changed the tax code so he could take full advantage of being president of the United States because he owed so much money to so many people. The guy's not a billionaire. He's been lying to us all about that, but what a surprise. Another lie? You know, the guy... 
uh, you know, president, uh, liar in chief, has become a very difficult individual to watch, to listen to, and and more importantly, to be able to call him president of the United States. I fully accept the fact that he got the majority of the electoral votes. Okay, he became the president of the United States, but it's hard for me as a U.S. citizen, strong believer in the dynamic of how this country has been established, uh, to call this guy president of the United States. We need a change, folks. We absolutely need a change. And we can make that change this year, 2020. It is an election year. Make sure you go get yourself registered to vote. If you're not registered, uh, but the bottom line is you got to vote and vote your conscience. Okay. Vote your conscience. Changing the topic, uh, but not really. <laughs> Let's talk about COVID-19. COVID-19 became a, a little bit of a topic last night. Uh, should we have masks? Should we not have masks? Uh, should we close the economy? Of course, President Trump uh, kept telling all of us that if Joe uh, Biden got elected, he's going to close the economy right away. Um, Joe Biden, quite frankly, brought it up front. He said, look, we got to take control of COVID-19 before we can really improve the economy. And I happen to agree with that. Uh, you don't you don't gloss over the symptoms. You got to identify the symptoms and then you got to tackle the symptoms. Uh, I mean, when you have a cold right away, if you have a sore throat, you take a throat lozenge, the throat pain goes away. And believe it or not, you start feeling better because it's the it's the pain that usually uh, brings people down. Uh, but but COVID-19 has not been friendly to the Latino community at all. They talked about it last night, saying the, its impact on the African-American community. And they almost completely glossed over the fact that nationally, Latinos are the ones that are the most impacted. Um, we're the most impacted primarily because a lot of our jobs are essential jobs. And that's what we're doing. And that's where we're getting exposed. And uh, but the, but it's not just the essential jobs. Uh, we have large number of Latinos that are imprisoned. And prisons throughout the United States have a problem with COVID-19, especially in California. Uh, when you look at the, at the uh, total number of uh, inmates that have been uh, uh, affected, but here's a uh, here's a tragic number for you. Individuals who are being held by the Immigration and Customs uh, Enforcement, they're being held in custody, are also being exposed to COVID-19. This year, 2020 fiscal year, which ends, by the way, uh, today, uh, there have been 21 people who have died while in custody, 21 immigrants who have died while in custody this fiscal year. It's the largest number of people who have died in custody by ICE uh, since uh, 2005. 
that's a stark statistic and for me it tells us that we need to look at the way the system is set up for having custody of immigrants quite frankly we shouldn't be treating them as prisoners being here illegally is not a major crime being here illegally is a misdemeanor and what is the fear of people that are here without documents it's a contrived fear it's not a real fear uh, everybody has been paying attention to what Donald Trump said back in 2015 when he announced his candidacy for president of the United States that we have a dangerous southern border it's costing us billions of dollars well let's let's look at realities okay uh, undocumented individuals are actually very hard-working and there's so much proof of that they have contributed to the United States so much and they are not going to get anything in return long run and that's very unfortunate but according to the Institute of Taxation and Economic Policy who puts together data on who pays taxes and how much taxes there that uh, is paid or how much uh, is given to states and the federal government let me let me break this down to you so you get an idea California has received a total of 3.2 billion dollars in taxes from undocumented workers 3.2 billion dollars Texas 1.6 billion dollars New York 1.1 billion dollars Illinois 758 million dollars Florida 598 million dollars New Jersey 587 million dollars Georgia 361 million dollars North Carolina 277 million dollars Virginia 256 million dollars Arizona 223 million dollars those are the top 10 states that have received a significant amount of taxes from undocumented workers okay and as you can tell these are red and blue states so political party has nothing to do with it what it does have to do are the opportunities that are available to individuals without documents the biggest jobs that they do are farm worker jobs those are considered essential jobs during this pandemic because we need to provide food for the country and of course for the world these are individuals who've come who've risked a lot to come to this country to make a living for themselves and what are we doing we're trying to round them all up and put them in custody as if they had committed a major crime undocumented workers are not a threat to the United States of America they are not the individuals who've been breaking windows 
in our businesses and looting our businesses. They are not the individuals who are killing our soldiers. They are not the individuals who have been threatening America. But they are individuals who want to better their lives and are also improving the lives of Americans across the United States. Okay, my uh, 30 minutes is almost up, so uh, I'm going to jump into other news and information uh, that's, again, very critical for the Latino community, the census. The census ends today. I hope you have made every effort to go out and get yourself, uh, uh, get the form filled out online. It's a very simple form. It takes less than five minutes. Go on there, U.S. Census. Fill out the form. The census data is critical. It's critical to obtain funding for our community, and it's critical to ensure that we have good representation, uh, not only in in uh, in local elections but also at uh, at the federal level. Uh, the other thing I'd like to do is is uh, share with you that there is a need to extend this program. To one hour. There's no question about it. I've been told more than once that 30 minutes is just not enough time. And you're right, it isn't. Because there's so many things happening in the Latino community on a day-to-day -day basis. If you get a chance, check us out on, uh, on Facebook at Coast to Coast Latino Group. That's Coast, the number two, Coast Latino uh, on Facebook and it's a group, we put all of our news and information that we get daily there. So you can see what's going on across the nation. Uh, for us to extend this program, we need at least three more advertisers. If you know somebody that's interested in investing 400 bucks a month, that's only 400 bucks a month, to be an advertiser on this program, please have them contact us at latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. That's Latino at coasttocoastlatino.com. I want to thank you again for joining us uh, this Wednesday. Um, my name again is Adrian Perez. I sincerely appreciate you taking 30 minutes of your time to listen to our podcast. Our program continues to grow in terms of uh, listenership, and we sincerely appreciate each and every one of you that goes out and tells your friends about it or shares it on social media. Thank you very much. Again, we want to extend this program into one hour, so please help us by letting us know or sharing this information with business owners that need to reach the Latino community. Until Friday, you take care and look forward to talking to you then. Preguntándome por qué